as God's uh, vessel and as God's church, we're all God's people, right? Um, we want to make sure we're always honoring him and that we live right. Just because you're in a church, just because you're a Christian, just because you have Christians in your life that, you know, in, in your lives and you go, oh, I'm surrounded by Christians. You know, they're all Christians, whatever, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all walking according to the scriptures. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're all truly walking in the light of God's word. And so we, we really do need to hear the truth and we need to make sure we always check our own hearts and make sure that we're walking right. Now, I wouldn't be a very good um, shepherd if I didn't if I didn't sometimes warn the flock as the Holy Spirit leads me to, right? And so I think it's important that, uh, that we, what God does here, he's always pouring out. We're, we have so, so many healings and uh, people getting saved and delivered, and it's the power of God, and it happens all the time, you know? And I don't, and I, and I preach the word as God gives it. I don't mince words. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not trying to like, oh, I'm not to uh, not step on toes, that kind of stuff. You know me. I'm just going to say it. But at the same time, um, there's a lot happening right now. You know, there, there's so much happening right now uh, that's not good. And, and I'm not saying about in this church, but I'm saying in the church, you know, uh, wide, right? There's like plural, just general. A lot, a lot of things that are very heavy, very grievous. Some of you may know a little, um, and some may know a lot, and some of you may say, what is she talking about? I'm clueless. Well, God bless you. I'm glad that you don't know, to be honest with you. I'm actually glad because the weight, the, the weight of the great falling away just seems to increase. You know, there is a great falling away. And uh, the great, you know, apostasy, which is actually talked about in the Bible, but we will not be deceived. Before I even get into some of this, I want to say that Although the, there is a great falling away, you know, very well-known people, pastors, preachers that have been loved by many um, in the church, you know, you're, you're hearing of um, a lot of the sins, a lot of behind-the-scene things that are happening, that have been happening, but now they're being exposed. Um, and for some, the very sad way that it's being handled, in other words, not biblically, it's not being handled biblically. So somebody can speak something to you from the pulpit and make you think that they're this strong man of God or woman, you know, you know, and so biblical and so righteous according to the Lord. But if it's just lip service, what do we have? We have nothing. So we really have to make sure who we place ourselves under and whom we're listening to because there are too many people that are being deceived by a spirit they cannot see but is clearly in action. So there are many, there are many false teachers, pastors, prophets, whatever they want to call themselves, but they're being exposed right now. And, and I'm going to get into some of this, but I want to also remind you right in the beginning that I also believe that even with this great exposing, and there is a great exposing, and it needs to be exposed because people are getting hurt. People are losing. People are falling away from God. People are all over the place with what's happening. But I'm telling you right now, at the very same time, God is also raising up his elect. He is also raising up his remnant. He is also saying, listen, you see what's happening. You, you can hardly, you really can hardly have any kind of social media account or even the news if you watch the news. 
I mean, it's even on the news. So you really can't be in this world and not know what's going on even just a little bit. And it brings sorrow and sadness because you see men and women of God. I'm saying women because I know they're out there. But I know personally in my head why I'm bringing this message, you know, because I know there are two that, that are very well known that are being, um, that everything is being exposed right now. So, but like I said, it's not just for men. There's in the, in the recent past, it's even men and women, right? But I do know God is raising up a remnant that say, I see all of that. I hear all of that. I'm drawn to pray because my heart is heavy. I'm drawn to intercede. But yet I'm also drawn to say, Lord, we have not come so that we could just start something great and then mess up at the end and not bring it forth to fruition, right? We want to make sure that we end well. We want to make sure, and I'm not talking because we're at the end of 2023, right? I'm talking about our lives. I'm talking about our Christian walk. I'm talking about that we will make sure that we give glory to God and that we keep ourselves right in the word of God, keep our hearts right, keep ourselves in the love of God. Amen? So, because you got all kinds of stuff. There are so many things I can say about this topic, and I'm letting the Holy Spirit lead me. But there are people that will say, well, you shouldn't talk about that. You shouldn't be exposing things like that. Well, let me tell you, first of all, God is the judge, and it's already exposed. And so God chose to expose certain things. See, the thing is this. There's pleasure in sin for a season, but in the end, the Bible says it leads to death. So if people, Christians, well-known, people that are in the church, leaders, which are actually accountable for more, right? They're accountable to more because they know more. They're, they're giving out the word. That's what the Bible says. Not many of you should rush in to try to be a teacher of the word because you are actually accountable for more because you know more and you're giving out more and you have the potential, the poten yeah, the potential to deceive and, and, and bring harm to more. Of course, the opposite is true too. You have the ability to also influence people for right living, right standards, right? So you have people that say, why would you expose this? Why would you expose that there's, you know, question marks like this in the church? Oh, it's far more than a question mark. These are lives that are being destroyed by people that are, are literally wolves in sheep's clothing that have been literally hidden, but now God has exposed. God has exposed and is, expo is exposing. So let's look at in Matthew 7 and 15. And I'm going to read from uh, 15 through, through 20. And it says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravenous, ravenous wolves. So pro false prophets, they come to you in sheep's clothing. So in other words, unless you have a lot of discernment, you may not see it. Because a lot of times, these, these wolves in sheep's clothing, they have a lot of giftings. Their gift mix makes them charming. It makes them ap appealing to other people. You know, charm is deceitful. It's fleeting. That's what the Bible says. That's what the word of God says. But people will fall because in, for an individual that is gifted, knows how to say it, knows how to, you know, pull you in, but yet their lives are like, are like open graves, ready for not just their own falling, but many others as well. Yeah. Oh, we can't have that. Let the discernment in the church increase. Don't measure a person based on their gifts. Yep. 
You measure them based on their character and on the fruit that remains. Oh, you might say, but they do have good fruit. Fruit that remains. It's not just fruit for a moment. Wow, they, didn't they build this for God? Didn't they do this for God? Didn't they draw all these crowds, large crowds for God? Well, let me tell you something. Sit down and stop doing things for God because you're not doing anything that God has actually marked you to do. It is all works of the flesh. You do know that, right? That someone with, you know, a very good charismatic gifting and, and uh, some ability in understanding how business works and, and some pretty good uh, marketing skills. Do you really think it's that hard to build a ministry church in the flesh? It's not. Unfortunately, it's not. And you have people that are deceived by people that know how to do it, but their hearts are far from God. That's not what you want. That's not who you want to be under, and that's not what you want. Numbers is not everything. And so here, be aware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. So inwardly, you wouldn't even know. Inwardly, you would not know, but, but they're ferocious wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn, thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Every good tree. So that tree didn't bear fruit. Uh, like in one day, it takes time, right? But eventually you will see the fruit that consistently remains, right? A tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. We must know them by their fruits. So in, Ma in Mark, I'm going to just give you a few different scriptures. Mark 7, 20 through 23. Uh, what is within, it's what is within a man that defiles him. I, I'm actually going to turn there myself. I'm going to read the whole thing. Mark 7. It's what's within a man. What is within you? Because what's within you has the potential to defile you and, of course, other people, right? But the same is true. The flip side is true. What is within you? Because the same thing that has the potential to bring forth God's goodness. So let's look at uh, 20 of, of Mark 7. And it says, what comes out of a man that defiles a man? But you know what comes out of a man is what's already within him. So for, from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, you know, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come forth from within and defile a man. There's too many people that have rushed to ministry because they had a gift without character. And they rushed into ministry because someone opened a door for them. Because they saw an opportunity and they were a good business person and they jumped on it. But their hearts are far from God. It was about them. The motives were wrong. It was about greed. Their drive was about selfish gain, was about fame. For some, it's their name. They need to have the accolades. They need to have, you know, all these people, eyes upon them. They've become idols, 
And for many in the church, they're okay with having an idol because they don't realize it. Because they have become deceived by the shenanigans that go on and no one speaks up. Are some of you knowing what I'm talking about right now? Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Only God can judge a heart. We can't judge. You can't judge my heart. I can't judge your heart. But I certainly can see the fruit. You should be able to see the fruit. Over time, you should be able to see the fruit. But as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, the word says that judgment starts in the house of God. And so we've been seeing a lot of exposing of men. I'm just going to say ministers, you know. Uh, we've seen and heard a lot of exposing of, of ministers that the truth is coming out. Well, the truth always comes out. The question is, is which side of this equation are you going to find yourself in? Because we need to make sure we keep ourselves right before God. I'm not trying to release fear. I'm trying to release. I, what I am releasing is for godly people that realize your walk in the Lord is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to keep your heart right. It is your responsibilities, all of our responsibilities, to literally make sure that our hearts please God on a daily basis, regardless of what someone else may or may not do. Right? And so in Hebrews 12 and 14, it says, without holiness, you won't see, you won't see God. Without holiness. Now, people preach holiness, but they don't live it. Holiness you know, literally deep down inside, holiness is not necessarily an outward expression. There is an outward expression. You can't be walking half exposed and say, well, holiness is all within. No, you're defiling, you're stumbling men. That's not holy. So there is an outward expression that brings holiness into the picture, but it doesn't stop there. Holiness is in the heart. Right? From the heart. Who are you within? God says without holiness, we're not going to see God. We need to see God. We want to see God. But we need to walk holy. I mean, our hearts purified. Our hearts loving him. Our hearts not focused on what other people are doing or not doing. But instead, prayerfully, we walk as the body, the church, giving God honor with our every day, with our every word. This is what God desires. This is what he wants from us. Hebrews uh, 12, 28 and 29 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and with godly fear. That's Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. 29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. Let us have grace by which we may serve God. How are we going to serve God? Acceptably with reverence and godly fear. If you guys have your Bibles, I do want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Because, I, you know, there's a, the word says, you know, love covers a multitude of sin. And don't we all love that scripture? That's not in Ephesians 5, but I want to first preference this. <laughs> oh, how, you know, we, love covers a multitude of sin, and it does. And I think we've all been on that receiving end where love has covered. 
because you repented. So love covers because it's something that is repented of, and it truly is under the blood. Your ways are different now. You walk in the light of Christ. The love of God is covered. Amen? The multitude of sin. And we, we cover one another. But unfortunately, in the church, I would say a lot of the Christian church, when it comes to the exposing, because that is also in there, when it comes to the exposing of sin, everyone gets nervous, and people start to go, oh, my gosh, oh, no, oh, no. Is she going to expose? Is she going to say something? Is she, how come we're talking about this? Why is she judging them? Because we're supposed to. We're supposed to. We are to judge rightly. The Bible says that we are to judge rightly. In other words, you don't flippantly judge. You don't just like, yeah, whatever, and just like start name calling and start, you know, labeling people. But when you see as ambassadors of Christ, when you see as warriors in the kingdom, and you see God's word being defiled, and you see God's people not repenting, do you not realize that you are in the army of God? And his word says that you are to expose what is not being repented of. We are to expose when there are people that are being deceived and you have a chameleon, you have somebody that just kind of changes as the wind changes, you know, and they're so conniving and they're so, you know, deceiving. And then people are falling under that spell. Let's call it what it is, oh foolish Galatians in chapter 3, who has deceived you. And then people don't want to call it out. No, that's sin. You just judged them. Yes, rightly so. We're to judge rightly. We're not to judge with a, you are a horrible person. I'm so much better than you. Because obviously that is a judgmental heart, which is different than judging rightly. Now we can look at Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to start with verse 11. And it says in verse 11, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So again, let's go back to verse 11. Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. There's a time of exposing, church. And who, God is using you. He's using us. He's using his church. He's using his people. He's using his people to expose the truth with the right heart attitudes that you, attitudes so that you yourselves don't fall. If there's an ounce of pride in you, if there's if you're happy that someone's going down, then your heart is off. Yeah. And God will have to deal with you. And that's not a good thing. So we need to make sure that's not the case. But for the mature body, like we, there should be a grieving when you hear, my goodness, there's a, there's sexual sin here, and they're trying to cover it up. There's there's agreement 
here with, with homosexuality, uh, and they're trying to cover it up. There's, there's greed, there's pride, love of money, and they're trying to cover it up. You know, there's going to certain parties that are horrendous, gang parties, and they're okay with going, and there's nothing but sex and drugs and alcohol that happen at those parties, but yet you're okay being seen there. And don't tell me you went there to go pray for people when that's not the pictures we see. But you're enjoying yourself. Why? Because you are a celebrity person now, a so-called celebrity pastor that literally wants the money. And so they're not going to call sin, sin, but instead says, my view of homosexuality is, has evolved and is evolving. What? God's word doesn't change, does it? It's the same. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we know God's word doesn't change. So if your view of what God calls an abomination is evolving, is, is, it's, it has evolved and is evolving, then I question your salvation. Amen. We have to question. I don't care how well you can preach that word. You can tear it up. You can walk with your sweat rag and you can hear about that. And you can do all your, all your shenanigans. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's kind of comical. I, it's fun. It's great if it was just pure. Hey, it would be wonderful if it was just holy. But when it's not holy, this is a show. And that I want no part of. You know? 2 Corinthians 13.5. We're called to examine ourselves. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know? that Jesus Christ is in you. Do you know yourselves that Jesus is in you? Unless, indeed, you are disqualified. So, in other words, there will be some people that are disqualified. Some people that are very well known. Because, unfortunately, the fame and whatever else got to their heads. And now, what was always in their hearts is now apparent. Hear me in this. What was always in their hearts now becomes apparent. If a tree is bad, it's bad from the root. Eventually, you see the bad fruit. Just because you see rotten fruit doesn't mean, oh, well, it was just a fluke. Maybe. But keep watching that fruit. If all the fruit is rotten because the tree is rotten, so we need to realize that it's not necessarily fame or, you know, status or any of these things that have caused this person to fall. But they should have never been in that position in the first place because they were putting on a show and nobody caught it. The root was rotten from the beginning. It's just now evident. You guys hear what I'm saying? It becomes evident now, some with strong discernment will be like, oh, no, something's wrong there. Something's not right there. You don't have to know what's not right. You don't have to have it all spelled out. But what we do know is if you, God gives you a check about an individual, even if you don't know what that check might be, you go with what the Holy Spirit is telling you. And you stay away from whom you need to stay away from. Oh, you don't need to sound the alarm. There's nothing to sound. You don't know. But you need to walk in discernment. And you need to not put yourselves in a situation where you already have a check from the Holy Spirit. 
and like I've taught my kids and my grandkids, when you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, that check, that inner witness, that red flag, I mean, you can call it different things, but when you don't listen and you just kind of bypass it, you keep on bypassing and you keep on, you know, God gives you a check and you keep on bypassing. It's like you literally just seeing all the red lights, but you're going to ah, forget it. I'm just going to just drive right on by that one and drive right on by that one and drive right on by Well, how long is it going to take before you die? Because you're going to end up in a really bad accident. You're going to crash. You're going to die. But when we don't heed the voice of God, we start to not hear him as much. We start to, his voice becomes more distant, Right? Well, guess what? That's a road to destruction. You're going to die. You're on a road of destruction. So we have to, we need to heed. Well, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. Then go with it. I'm not saying, hey, be the Holy Ghost police. And you, you don't need to be the police. Oh, okay, I got to test everybody out. But the Bible does say to test the spirits to see if they be true. I'm saying being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to what he is saying and what he is doing. And yes, test the spirits to see if they be true. Don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. God is still the judge, and he is judging. And judgment does start in the house of God. And the minute that we sense God correcting us, we should repent. And for some, they say, oh, I've repented. But if your sin was public, then you, your repentance needs to be public, and it needs to be genuine, and it needs to be with the individuals that you have violated. Right? First John 4, 1 John 4.1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. We as a church would do so well if we just camped out on this verse right here. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, 1 John 4.1, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. So right here, if we just would test the spirits... How do we test the spirits? Well, do you have the Holy Spirit within you? Do you talk to him? Do you ask him questions? That's how you test the spirits. Lord, what is up with this? What's going on here? Lord, are you in this? I mean, it's so simple. We make things so difficult. But Lord, are you in this? Is that really you? Now, some people will do that. But their walk is not where it needs to be yet. So they misunderstand the answer that God gave. So depending on how much healing they have, depending on how well they can hear the word of God and the voice of God, will determine if they even hear God accurately or not. But at least they're testing the spirits. At least, there's, at least they're doing that part. I had somebody that came one time, first time, and, uh, you know, moving, um, is ministry time. So moving in the spirit, praying, people falling over, people getting healed. And this individual is just like, Sitting right over here in the front row and just kind of like looking at me, you know, with this, you know, just this accusatory, just very, you know, just not really kind of buying. He's like, oh, I don't believe this. I'm, I could tell 100% this person's not open. That's fine, you know, because I'm not trying to make them open or make them closed. I'm just doing what God's telling me to do. So, you know what I mean? If God wants them to come up, he'll have them come up. And, um, and so anyway, he did not. Um, but at, at the end... When everybody was over, the service was over, he came up to me, and he said, you know, I watched you the whole night. I was trying to figure you out. Well, that was his first mistake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure me out. I'm just looking to the Holy Spirit, so you probably should have had your eyes on Jesus and not me. Amen. But anyway, I, I understand what he meant. He, he was trying to figure out, and so he's first time. I, I get it. Okay. So 
he says, you know, he goes, I didn't ask for prayer because I saw you praying for somebody. And when you prayed for somebody, this person literally told me this. He said, I saw this demon face on you. I saw this really evil demon face on me as I was praying for somebody. And he said, and after that, I was like, I am not going to get prayer from her. And I said, oh, too bad. You missed out. <laughs> I just said, because I already knew the spirit. I could see the spirit of, of um, this man, not of God, this spirit of very accusatory, very prideful, you know, needs to be right. All he wanted to do was talk about himself and all of his ministry and all of his accolades and everything. And I'm trying to be gracious listening to him, right? But, I mean, you just totally, like, totally dishonored. You were flat out rude. And I'm just, and I just, all I said was, oh, it's too bad. You missed out. And then he's continuing on with all his stuff. I do this and I do that. And I'm a pastor, blah, blah. You know, he's trying to like prove to me who he is. And I'm like, man, you, you need help. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I'm thinking, you need a lot of healing, you know. You and your heart is so stuck on you. You know, you really need, and I'm thinking to myself, man, he probably has a ton of father wounds. Like this is what's going on in my head. I'm going, man, this guy probably has a ton of father wounds. He probably doesn't. And so he's just projecting, you know. But at least he was trying to test the spirits. He just didn't hear right, you know. So anyway. You know, the guy left and everything. Well, you know, I heard later on, this is like, this is, I don't know, a long time ago, months ago. Um, well, I heard through somebody that knew this individual, like he's totally not doing well. Like the things that he is doing now, it was like, you know, kind of back into what he was doing before, but yet he sees a demon on me. <laughs> uh, nobody, but I pray for you. I pray for the scales to come off of your eyes. And I pray for your ability to really be healed by the, the love of God so that you know truth from error. And, and you forget the, the vessel. Stop looking at the vessel and look to the move of God through that individual so, so that you cannot miss out. You know what I mean? So we're not to have, we're not to make any man or woman an idol, but we're to see what God is doing in and through them. Test, test the spirits to see if they be true. We need to do that to see if, whether they are of God or not. And, that, and we, we, we would do well if we really practiced this scripture. But at the same time, remember, sometimes people think they hear God and they don't. They're hearing their own voice. They're hearing their own voice that's still not healed yet. Or they're hearing a demon spirit, a voice of the enemy, literally telling them a flat-out lie. So that's why it's so important that we continue to let God heal our hearts so that our our ability to discern correctly what is truly God is there. Also, it's why we want to stay in the word because the word will heal you. The word is the entrance of God's words that give light and gives understanding to the simple. In Psalm 130, right? It says, or no, 119 verses, the verse is 130. So it's Psalm 119, verse 130. It's the entrance of God's word. It gives light. Well, if there's light, there's no darkness. If there's light, then I understand, oh, Lord, this is you. This is not. Oh, Lord, I, I walked in with this baggage. I walked in with this wrong thinking. I, I walked in with this, you know, blaming self, blaming my father, blaming my mother, whatever. But now the entrance of your word gives light. My mind is being illuminated to the truth. And I was thinking they were the, the villains. No, Lord, the enemy worked all that. He was the one behind it. I release my parents. I release myself or whoever it is. But the entrance of God's word, it gives light.
and he gives understanding to the simple so that you can discern what is truly of God. You can hear God, you can test the spirits, but then hear correctly. Amen? Amen. Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We want to walk with a pure heart. And in Psalm 24, 3 through 5 says, who will ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who will ascend? To the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place. You guys, this is what we love so much, is to be able to stand in his holy presence with clean hands, with pure hearts, right? It says, who, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. Oh, Lord, there's so much idolatry going on. No, it's not okay. Nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessings from the Lord. And I want to, let's, let's turn to Psalm 1 because you go, wow, like I'm kind of nervous because I don't, she's not saying any names. So how am I going to know who she's talking about? <laughs> it's everywhere. If I was to name names, well, first of all, there would be a ton of people I didn't mention and I would kind of give you false hope too because you'd be like, oh, okay, it's just them. No, there's a lot of people. <laughs> hate to sound so, I mean, I don't want to say negative, but I mean, it's just truth, you know. Okay, so Psalm 1. So what we want to do is keep ourselves in the love of God. The word says in Psalm 1, blessed is the man. There's a way of walking in the blessing. Remember I said that God is raising up his remnant? God is raising up his remnant. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Right there, we don't want to take counsel from the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, why, why, if you have friends or family, you know, that are not walking with the Lord, maybe they're not believers, they're unbelievers, right? So the Bible calls them sinners, right? Well, and people go, but Jesus ate with the sinners. He spent time with the sinners. He did. But he did so to lead them to repentance, he didn't do so just to be chummy, chummy with them. He didn't just spend time with sinners so that they could just see, oh, see, I'm accepting of you. You're good. I'm good. We're all good. Now you can see that this is the kind of Christianity that you can, that you can like and adhere to. Now come to my church. But that's what it's about yeah. for a lot of people. Isn't that horrible? God sees all this. Yeah. No. He, Jesus spent time with sinners so that they would lead them to repentance. Because we have to start seeing people as souls, right, that are going somewhere. They're, they're going somewhere. They're going to either eventually go to heaven or hell. And so we need to have the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit, hear his voice, have the heart of God so that we know when to say something and when not to say something. So your interaction in your mind, in your heart, you know you're looking for an opportunity. It may not come on day one, may not come on day two, but you're looking for an opportunity to help them, to lead them to repentance, right? Tonight, today we had somebody that gave their life to the Lord. Well, what was it, last? Yeah, amen. So last week, somebody came, did not know the Lord, but wasn't ready, right? And I, you know, shared the plan of salvation, but they, she wasn't ready, um, you know, you, if they're not ready, they're not ready. It's their decision. But at least we, with sensitivity of the Holy Spirit, we give them an opportunity Amen. as God opens that door, right? So remember that. Jesus, yes, he ate with the sinners, but it was to lead them to repentance. So not, do not stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful. That's the mock, those that would be mocking, you know, full of pride, right? 
so not to sit in the seat of the scornful. So here we see, blesses the man who does not do these three things. Blesses the man who does not walk, does not stand, nor does he sit with the world's agenda, with the ways of the world. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. We delight ourselves in his law. When you're down, do you open up your Bible? Because you should. When you're down, it's the best time. We all get down from time to time. It's the best thing to do. Open up your word. Let the water of the word wash you. Let these words that you're looking at, let your gaze be upon these words so that your countenance, the light of his countenance becomes upon you and you're transformed. The situation may not change, but you're transformed. You're changing because you know this is your bread. This is your life. It sustains you, right? So it says blessed is, it says, but, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Like we sang today, day and night, night and day. We want to be a house of prayer, right? Let his law meditate on his word. His law is his word. Meditate day and night. Now here's the promise, verse 3. He shall be like a tree. Now we've talked a lot about trees here today. But this tree is the good tree. It says, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. We know that Jesus is the living water. We need to make sure our tree, which is our life, right, and all of us, our lives, our trees, are planted, planted by the word, in the word, in the word of God, which is like being planted by rivers of water. It says, they bring forth fruit in season. Trees, fruit-bearing trees, don't have fruit all year long. There are seasons, but just because you don't see the fruit doesn't mean nothing's happening. Eventually, you see the fruit in the right season. There should be the right season where fruit starts to become evident in your lives. And then, of course, there's that time period where it seems dormant, but if you're not dormant, you're just letting God mold you. You're letting God teach you. You're letting God heal you. Do you know that as ministers... And we're all ministers of reconciliation, but ministers that stand behind a pulpit, I would say. Do you know how important it is to make sure you're constantly tending to your heart, making sure that your heart is right, is clean, is pure before God? Because we're held more accountable, because we're giving out the truth, the word, right? So we got to make sure that we spend even more time in his presence so that we come not as a polluted uh, stream but instead as one that's pure and holy. And, and I'm not talking about perfection in the flesh because that's impossible. But I'm talking about we know that we are perfect in God's sight. He sees us as perfect. Be perfect. Be holy as I'm holy. That's our desire. That's how we, we posture ourselves, right? But it's tending daily. Oh, Lord, that thought wasn't right. Ah, that attitude wasn't right. Forgive me, right? So I'm not talking about outright sin that, well, I just can't seem to get a hold of this. Like, you know, which I'm starting, I started off this message today with that. Yeah. Like outright blatant sin that shouldn't be happening but yet is happening continually, not a one-time offense, but a repeated offense where people are crying out and nothing is being done to address it, at least not correctly. Because you got more snakes you got more, more thieves and more snakes in the grass that you don't want exposed. I'm sorry, but it's exactly what it is. But God will expose what he needs to expose. But we want to make sure as ministers, ministers, 
you know, of reconciliation of truth or even just ministers. We want to make sure our hearts are always right. Well, we do that by spending time in his presence and letting God change our hearts wherever it is needed. So bringing forth fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. What a promise. God's saying, whatever you do, God, he's going to prosper it when your heart is right. Again, you know, can God trust you? Yes, I'm sure most of you guys are thinking and you just don't want to say it. But yes, God can trust me. Well, God can trust. He can trust the individual that's truly, truly laid down within their heart. The individual that's truly submitted to Christ and it's not a show. The individual that's truly doing this because they care about lives and because they want to obey the call of God. And it has nothing to do with the way man measures success. It has everything to do with how God does and how he measures success is by one life that's changed. One life that's changed should be enough to motivate you to do exactly what God has called you to do. And of course, the most motivation is to please God. We should always, that should be our number one. We want to please God, period. But if you need a, another, like another motive, well, does one life matter to you? Is that enough for you? So unfortunately, there are a lot of ministers that need more. <laughs> they don't need more. They just think they do. They're not healed enough. They're walking in sin. There's no accountability. They think they're above reproach. No man is above reproach. No minister, no person. Amen. Like you should have somebody that you can go to to talk to. You should have somebody that you know is going to call you on your stuff and not just say, oh, you're fine. Oh, you're fine. Tickling of ears. But that structure needs to be in place before something happens so that that something doesn't happen. Are we all hearing and following? Like churches should not be falling like I see them falling. Ministers should not be falling as they are this day if godly structure was put in place. But people would rather be entertained. They would rather just be entertained by some nonsense but the whole time they're being deceived and they don't even know. One of the churches that I'm speaking of, the, uh, the pastor fell sexually, not just once, but repeatedly. And, um, and there, are, there are people that are coming forward and saying, about, saying what happened. And it's not being handled correctly. It's been going on for months. And... Though this individual for the time being is removed, there's already talk of restoration when there has not even been a genuine, number one, apology. Number two, that time period of being restored, if God's going to restore you, some people, you get disqualified, you're disqualified, period. Do you know not everybody is going to be restored to the position that they were in? Because not everyone is fully healed where they need to be. If you don't let God go deep, you're going deep in your own way. You're sinking yourself. So not everybody just, people talk about restoration so quickly. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is their restoration of their position going to injure more people? 
because some people are restored way too soon and some should have never been. That doesn't mean they're necessarily completely disqualified from any type of ministry, but that kind of public ministry might be a little too much for them because if they're not willing to let God do the deeper inner work, they're more of a danger than a, than, than a blessing to the individuals. So it just takes time, you know, and, and we have to trust God for what, but here's my point. I got off on that. Now, here's what I was going to say. So although he was removed, one of these individuals I'm referring to, removed from the, from preaching, at least for now, when somebody at, at the pulpit, if they have a besetting sin, it's like cancer and it starts to infiltrate. If their sin is sexual sin, if they're in some kind of an, an affair, right, and they are called on the carpet, they're, they're told, hey, you're in, you did this and that, it came out, and they're removed for a period of time, and they got somebody else, just get somebody on the pulpit, we need to make sure we pay all these people, get somebody else in there. Wait a minute. That individual released something in the spiritual realm. And there is a spirit has now. has been released. And in that case, it was sexual. So guess what? You're going to see repeated. The same, but with others, it becomes like a spirit. They can't see it. But it doesn't mean it's not an operation. You know, for some, the glory has left their house. You never want that to be you. King Saul, the glory left. He had to be replaced. With King David. For some of you that go, my goodness, is she harsh? There's no restoration. You sin once and that's not what I'm talking about. It's not what I'm talking about at all. Of course God is a merciful God and of course God is a God that restores. But I'm talking about the proper road to restoration that a lot of people just want to muddy up. Because they want their favorite back in the, they just want to be entertained. Well, I'm not here for entertainment. Amen. I know you're not either. Amen. But there is a proper road to restoration. And for some, they should have never been in that position in the first place. And the worst thing you can do is put them back in a position they're not qualified to carry. It'll, it'll literally, it'll drown the individual and it will also seduce the whole congregation. So maybe it's not sexual. Maybe it's greed. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever it is, it becomes repeated. When sin starts at the top and it's unchecked and it goes on, it starts to spread like, like wildfire. It just starts to spread. You don't want to be under that unseen influence. Because it's not of God. And be careful when you think you're going to stand. Because that's when you're going to fall. Be careful when you think, oh, I can handle it. Because people love the person because of what they see. Their personality or something. You know, they're, they're friends with them. But you're not measuring truth. There is a standard. And that standard is the word of God. And we have to make sure we use the standard. And we don't lessen the standard Simply because, oh, but they're my friend. Oh, but I know them. We've done life together. Well, maybe you've been deceived or maybe you too are a part of it. When this whole thing came out, I told my husband, oh, there's more. It's not just this individual. 
but it's the leadership team. There's more in the leadership that is just as guilty, whether it's guilty because of covering up or guilty firsthand, their hands are in the mess too. Birds of a feather do flock together. And so we have to hear messages like this because it's wise for us to go, wow, you know what? We can't just bury our head in the sand. See, it's not happening. It's not happening. It is happening. It's happening. Unfortunately, it's happening. And you know, it's not new. There's nothing new under the sun. But because we are a church, we're, you know, every one of us, the church, but we're a church, right? And we need to make sure that our hearts of course, are right before God, but also we also need to make sure that we have the right biblical response when someone brings this up. And for you, maybe nobody will. Maybe you're not in that, these circles I'm referring to, but for some there will be. People will talk about it. How are you going to respond? People will talk about it. Are you going to just justify? Are you going to go with, well, you know, at least there was an apology that was not an apology that was lame. And there needs to be a whole lot more than what that, that written little, I'm going to hide behind my computer. You have to see that the enemy is literally parading the church yeah. while the world laughs. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. Amen. It shouldn't be that way. Right. It won't be that way in this church. Amen. And we have to be people that say, I see it. It's unfortunate. I'll pray for them. But I am no way, no how going to touch that. I am no way, no how going to be a part of that. I will not give excuses. If I'm, if I'm asked, I will speak the truth of God's word. You know what, what the person did was wrong. They, they need to step down and they need to do the right apologies. Or, or they need to be removed from the pulpit. They need to receive the healing they need. And they may not be able to be restored to the same position. Will God not use them ever again if he does the work that he needs to do? God is so gracious and he's so kind. Of course God will use them again. It may not be in the same capacity, but of course God will use the individual again. Cry out to God. David, King David, was no saint. And he did plenty of things. Sexual things, murderous things, lying. And he paid a hefty price. And his whole family paid a hefty price for it. But God still did. He restored him. He was, able, he was able to still be king and be that man of God because there is forgiveness. But again, God knows our hearts. Yes. And man, we don't know one another's hearts. You don't even know my heart. You know what I tell you. But, uh, but I could be lying to all of you. I could be completely lying. She's like, no, we know you. We know you. you know, well, you know by discernment, yes, and that's, that's true because you test the spirits, yeah. right? So we, but this is what I'm saying, like, People can, people fake it. People fake it. And it's horrible, you guys. We cannot, we will not, we will never be like that. Never. Because we grieve the heart of God. And I just, yeah, it is so heartbreaking. So, oh, there's so much I always want to tell you guys about every topic that God brings me to talk about. But, um, Lord, what else do you want me to say about this? Mm -hmm. For sure. It grieves God's heart. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I guess just because the decision is, has to be within us, right? So here's, here's what I feel like we should probably end with, and that is being people 
that so genuinely, honestly want to please the heart of God in secret? Do you want to please the heart of God in secret? And is that enough for you? Because if it's not enough for you, right there lies the problem. Because if you need your fanfare, you need your likes, you need, your all, you need your, the numbers, you need all the money, you need all the stuff, there's something wrong with that picture. Eventually, it will come out. Like I said, these people, it's already, it was already within them. Their need for more, for accolades, for, for being seen, their need for being known, for being, oh, am I important enough? Do, am I, do I preach good enough? Or do I sing good enough? Or, I mean, it happens not just with preachers. Anything that's the public, right? Anything that's, you know, if you're in a position of being visible, then, then the enemy is going to try. But that's why I said there are people that shouldn't be in that position in the first place because they're not ready. They're not healed enough or they're just maybe never going to be ready. You know, but will you be the end of a individual? Each one of you, will you be individuals that say, Lord, I just want to please you. And I want to do so in, in, in private. I want to do so in secret. And that's good enough for me. And if you so choose to enlarge my territory, I'm still going to look for the one. I'm still going to look for you. I'm still going to look for pleasing you secretly in my secret place. And if you so choose to entrust me with more, praise God. But it's not going to change who I am. Oh, so, so the church grows and you get more people and you get all these. It shouldn't change who you are if it's truly who you are. Because if, th if things start changing, then who you said you were, really you weren't. You were trying to fool people. So I don't believe that, all oh, the fame got to them. People say that. Ah, the, you know, the... Fame got to them, money got to them. I'm sure there's some truth to that sometimes. But I think deep down inside, no, it was already there. Because as you are within, within your heart, who you are at the core is who you really are. And that eventually comes out. If the root is bad, give that tree time the fruit will also be bad. But if the root is good, give that tree time because eventually the fruit will also be good. You may see seasons of being barren. That's natural. That's normal. God is doing his work. But the fruit should eventually be good. That's what I pray for all of us. Here we are ending this year, 2023. I believe that we're ending this year in a really good way. I believe that God is pleased with with us. He's pleased with this church. That doesn't mean he's always pleased. When he's not pleased, we repent. You guys, nobody gets it right 100% of the time. And I'm not talking again about these outward, you know, repetitives. I'm talking about, hey, what if like you had an attitude or you, whatever it is, right? This is something with you, you, um, you were jealous over somebody. I don't know what the thing might be in you, but whatever it might be. Oh, Lord, forgive me. That's not the way I want to be. You repent. And when we repent, God is pleased with us, right? And that's it. His grace, his mercy covers, he's good. His love is amazing. But I do believe that we're ending this year in a beautiful, beautiful way. And I believe that God, want, he's going to continue. And there's going to be such a beautiful growth. I'm not talking numbers. So be it. His will be done. I'm talking about within. I'm talking about growth within our hearts. I believe there's going to be growth. I believe that there's going to be God expanding, you know, our ability 
to really press in to the heart of God and to be the, the, the family of God that he has called us to be. And that's not to say I don't have vision. Of course I do. But I just make sure my vision is first and foremost Jesus. And whatever he has shown me, I keep that before him. And that which he wants to mature is, is what's going to happen. And praise God for that.